Welcome to Pair at the Point, the Pittsburgh Penguins podcast of the Faceoff Hockey Network. Follow us on Twitter at Pair at the Point and at the FHN. Visit thefhn.net for daily hockey articles and casts. Hey guys, welcome back to Pair at the Point. This week we want to kind of do an overview of the last month since we've been absent and talk about the team's play, how they've looked really great some games, not so great in other games, the reasoning for that, and then um, discuss kind of where we're sitting in the standings and what we need to do to be a little bit better. Yeah, our apologies for uh, not being on the podcast for a bit, but we appreciate you tuning back in. Uh, We had a bit going on, but we're glad to be back. Uh, So just to sum up, uh, we've had what, two three-game losing streaks and a five-game win streak over our last 11 games. So it's been feast or famine uh, in a very serious sense. Uh, Jerry was, I think, the, the dominant, uh, the main primary reason we won those games. Yeah, I think through, what, 20, 24 games, so, you know, a quarter of the way through the season, a little bit more, he's definitely the team's MVP up to, up to this point. Definitely. Uh, when when DeSmith's in net, uh, we've gone winless. Not all have been his fault, but some have. Uh, the problems run a little bit deeper, for certain. I think the main reason that we struggle so much is is that if we give up two or three goals, it doesn't feel as though we're going to be able to match that many nights. Not every night, but most. And uh, this scoring issue has become really acute, I would say, over the last month and it's coming to a head and if there was a time i think to make a a roster transaction or to make some sort of line shuffle uh, i think the time is now uh, while we're still in december i disagree because i think we wait and to see what happens when malkin gets back i don't think now you would make a move because we have no idea what the lines are going to look like with him and if he's going to be that out of touch that you know someone like zucker or kapanen might need for their game uh, I, I still think there needs to be some tweaks around the edges. I'm not saying you go and you trade a, a, a second-line player. I, I think it might be further down the lineup. If I'm looking uh, at players that you want to trade, I, I think you look at uh, an Aston Reese or a McGinn. And I know this is, this is kind of out of left field, but both of those players have really struggled to put high-quality high opportunities up on net, and uh, the numbers kind of bear that out when you look at the Corsi. Dead last on the team, uh, and Cor- Corsi 4 percentage are Bluger, Aston Reese, and McGinn. And we, we kind of hoped we were getting a little bit more scoring touch with McGinn over I, China. But... I don't think it's necessarily McGinn's fault. I think that he just has been put on that line, and... Well, they've shuffled him off it now, and he's still kind of struggling. I mean, he has five goals. He's, it's not like he's not scoring. It's It's the... The amount of chances that, that they're getting in the ozone, I think that is, is the most concerning. And I do think that Carter has come back to earth, which has also hurt us. Uh, I think both Kapanen and Zucker have gone long stretches where they just can't seem to find the back of the net. See, for me, Kapanen's more of the issue here. Uh, a guy like McGinn, you're not expecting to put up, you know, 20 plus goals a season. A guy like Kapanen, who only has three goals on the season, I'm pretty sure it's three, and he got them all in one game, yeah. that's that's more alarming to me than than someone like McGinn. It's so frustrating with Kapanen, right? Because offensively, it does feel like he's doing a ton of things right. Well, the eye test for me with Kapanen is so good. Yeah. He, he's not like an eyesore out there. He 
he looks really good, and I think he is doing a lot of things right, but he just, for some reason, can't seem to find the back of the net, and that's that's weird because, you know, he prides himself, I think, on being a goal scorer. I think you got to get him away, and, and they started to go this direction in the last game uh, versus, what, Vancouver, I think, mm-hmm. uh, where we did win. Uh, we get him away from Carter and Zucker and see what happens. I think they dropped him down to the third. Heinen went up there, and he didn't do much. But the third line looked a lot better, and Kapanen looked to get a little bit of mojo back. So maybe they can build on that. So Cappy actually has five goals. But for me, five goals in 24 games, that's not a lot for him. Also, he only has nine assists. So even though he's doing all the right things and he looks good, that line as a whole was not producing. It's it's very tough because, yeah, that second you, line... You can't get an assist when no one else on your line can score a goal either. Yeah, all three of them were playing really bad hockey around the same time. Not not that they looked dreadful, but nobody was really a threat to score. They were they were generating chances from the outside. There was not a lot of penetration. Uh, they, even when they got some significant zone time... Um, and, you know, they were hitting pipes or, or getting close chances. They were coming from the outside of, of the rink. They weren't getting into into the box, you know. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a concern. So it, in that instance, I think the change should have been made quite a while ago. And, I mean, we're, we're bashing Kapanen a little here for his five goals, nine assists. But when you look at Zucker, he only has four goals, five assists. And, and that's – I just expect more from Jason Zucker at this point. And – he doesn't look bad either. He, you know, I think he he brings the energy every night and he gets a lot of really great opportunities, but he just cannot finish. Uh, this is something when I really went back to the, before the season started and I looked at like Zucker's goal highlights from that great season in Minnesota. It did strike me that a lot of the goals that he was getting were very much in front of the net, and we talked about that at length. Yeah, well, when we did our our Jason Zucker episode, we we know we dedicated an entire episode to him because we saw his potential in that role, and then he's not. He's still not being utilized on, right. on power play one. Often, uh, it's it's oftentimes uh, Gensel and. Gensel just he plays the position differently and it's not better or worse I think if you had a net front person without having Malkin with the the big shot to back people up I think that would help our power play which has struggled especially now because like our power play we we were down rust he's he's injured again Mm -hmm. uh I think instead of putting Rodriguez there even though Rodriguez has been fine too trying to Jason Zucker there I think that would be beneficial I think that's He's been miscast since he's come here, and it's it still seems to be happening. He's not going to score goals with Jeff Carter. He, if we're not going to use him with Crosby, I'd rather move on. Honestly, at this point, because he is he is a top six player. He can't play with Malkin. He can't play with Carter. He can play with Crosby, but it seems like he's never going to break into that role. So, does he have a role here? I think is is the bigger question. Um, and I love the guy, trust me. I, I think we wait and see until and Malkin gets back because him and Malkin haven't looked bad together. I feel like they've just never really gotten a chance just with all the broken up seasons, COVID injuries. It just kind of has been a weird... I mean, I'm fine with staying patient with it, but at the end of the day, we only have 
11 wins and we have 13 total losses. Yeah, five were in shootout and OT, but uh, I think the time is now to start looking at these sorts of things in the organization. And I'm sure they already have had these internal discussions. I like Zucker. I like the energy he brings. We've got to find a way for him to actually be a positive piece, right? Like there are great pieces in the NHL, right? Uh, goal scorers, two-way players, but unless they fit in, in inside the team structure and the forward group and, and have a line that they can play and actually be suited for success, it's almost better to just let them go succeed elsewhere. Um, and we've seen this multiple times over the course of the last few seasons where players just have not worked out. Well, Tanner think, Pearson's a good an- example. We I saw think him a lot night. of the reason they're sticking with him and being patient with him as compared to other players in other years is because we gave up a lot. A first and Kalen Addison, a decent prospect. Yeah, we, we gave up a lot for, for Zucker. So it, I think, will be harder if he doesn't work out at all, which is why I think we're trying to force it. And none of this, I, I don't think, is, is Zucker's fault. Zucker looks, I think, athletically better than he has. Much better than last year, I think. But, again, it's just he's still not finding his mojo with the team. He might, behind Brock McGinn, he might be the best four-checker we have right now um, in terms of really getting in and causing mayhem for the uh, the defenseman when they're trying to make a play up ice or make well, a pass. Well, think about to how many breakaways Zucker's had this year. Yeah. And he can't score, but he's had a ton. Yeah, that— I, that's why it's so hard for me to come down. The captain not dissimilar in that way, in that they've they've created their own opportunities in a way that we haven't seen from these auxiliary wingers in the past. They're just not going in. So Jesse Marshall had a good tweet about it. Is is you know this team is creating a ton of chances and we just can't buy it right now. And maybe and maybe happened, it is. This happened in the beginning of November as well. Where you know we didn't we mm-hmm. had a, a couple of games where nobody could score, and then we had a couple of games where everything was going in, and then now it feels like we're kind of back to that nobody can score, and even like last night like yeah we won the game four to one but three of the goals were from from the same person so at the end of the day you still have you know a ton of other players in the team who aren't scoring, and I think also in our you know in our not scoring lows. Our defensemen aren't scoring. Yeah, and that is something we've had in the years past. This past, like, I, like last year, I can think of, you know, we had multiple games where we only had defensemen scoring, and so I think that's really hurting us in the goal column as well because they're not scoring and they're all playing well. Yeah, I, I but, have really no complaints about the defense except that Rico is not a part of it uh, because his advanced stats. I, I was looking at the whole team, just. So we're not going off the eye test entirely. Just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. And, and he's always been that way, but I mean. For, for some reason, and this he is just something can't break in. I don't we, know. we won't know, I guess, probably until after he's not on the team anymore. He, he is not liked, I don't think, among the coaching he staff. He must have kicked somebody's puppy somewhere yeah, some, along Something line. went on, I don't know, because he just, no matter how, he can play the best game of his life. And the next day he's getting sent back to Wilkes Barre. It's very bizarre. And I just, I really don't understand why that that's the case. Yeah, he definitely should be in the lineup. Uh, not that anybody's done particularly poorly uh, in multiple game stretches on the on the decor. I like the six that we have out there. I just think that 
uh, he is very good at limiting chances for the opposition. He's got a great first pass. Don't really understand why he can't get in. He shoots the puck a lot, too. That, which just is going to create offense when we desperately need it. Definitely. Uh, switching back to players that are contributing, uh, at least in, on the scoreboard, Evan Rodriguez has to be the biggest uh, amount of crow that I will eat because... I didn't see... We have a lot of crow to eat on this podcast yeah, today. We should just knock them all off. Yeah. So, Evan Rodriguez is so annoying a lot of times, but he has been huge contributors in every single win we've had this season. And, you know, I am still not 100% sure why we're utilizing him on the top line, because I think he can help in other places. But, all things aside, he has been... The best forward for us this year. Yeah, he's been great. So oh, consistent. No um, one, no, I, I mean, even your biggest Evan Rodriguez lover prior to the season didn't expect that. Would never expect that, yeah. He's got a 66.2% expected goal for percentage. So when he's on the ice, I mean, he's far and away the best at creating chances of the forward group this season. Not even close. I can't even imagine what type of player he would be if he could score goals. It's crazy. He, he creates so many chances, and I know, like, I tweeted about this because it's hilarious, but his toe drag is literally the best in the league. Yeah. He creates so many chances off of that stupid toe drag, and the other night I tweeted it, and then I laughed at myself, but no lie, 10 minutes later, he did it and scored a goal. Well, it's cause- and I was like, okay, I've, I've definitely seen this, and it's an accurate thing that's happening, Every single game. He's able to pull it off in mid-stride. He's able to fake the shot convincingly. And then he's able to pull it a solid, I don't know, four feet across his body and still maintain speed. So, of course, it's going to break people's ankles. But it's really impressive to watch him do it over and over and over again. He's done spinoramas. He's done really nice escapes off the boards. Um, His passing through bodies has been very impressive. You know, there are times where he does something, and like, what, what was he thinking? My only, but, that's my main complaint with him, is, like, his decision to shoot the puck sometimes is so, like, one-tracked, one-tracked minded. He just, like, will shoot from the dumbest places that's never going to go in when I would rather him look up and make a play. But that's really my only complaint with him this season so far. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I get. I, we need more players that have that shoot-first mentality. That's He's true. hyper-aggressive with the puck on his stick, and I appreciate that. And now that Crosby's back, he's actually calmed down a little bit, and Crosby's shooting again. Uh, I do think Crosby deserves some slack, and a lot of people were giving him a lot of flack early uh, during his second comeback after he contracted COVID that he wasn't looking like the same old Sid. You know, He wasn't doing the same old things. Well, he's back to it now. And I can tell you, that's just part of the healing process. Well, I think he just needed to gain his strength, not only in his wrist, but he had to get back to to game mode. It, it had been a really long time since he played games. And I think, you know, he is older. He's not going to just jump back in as easily as he used to. But Not against top-line right. uh, top defense. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. He definitely, though, is, is back, I think, um, and he's, he's looking really good. And, I mean, you saw it last night. And you, you, the past couple of games, he's just had a lot of scoring chances. And he's looks like he's not afraid to shoot again. Mm-hmm. 
and he's just looking more like himself, which is very exciting, especially because now Malkin is going to be coming back hopefully soon. He's been, I mean, up until the last couple games where he really was tentative with his shot, I, I felt that he wasn't confident in it, and you saw that on the right side of the ice, his offside, he was not taking the face-offs. Uh, and it's weird, like, nobody commented on that, but it was obvious that he was still not, he didn't have faith in his own ability. Sid always takes face-offs. To and pull back, I to mean, launch a, couple, a, a wrist a couple, shot. A couple like, of games ago, his face-off percentage was, like, 37%, which is extremely low for him. He's always 50, 55%. So, the strength you know, that, wasn't there. Yeah, that just kind of proves the point. The other player that is surprising me, and I, like, hate myself for this, but it's Marcus Pedersen. Marcus Pedersen has been one of our best defensemen all year. He has completely changed my viewpoint of him. I mean, there's still room for it to change back. But as of right now, he looks really good. To, to our credit, <laughs> Marcus Pedersen was the most knocked down player, according to some stats uh that's not something you normally see tracked but i did see uh, one individual try to track that he was the most knocked down player of all nhl players last season he was getting ragdolled and for a defenseman that creates all sorts of offensive opportunities for the other team and it's, it wasn't ever really a lack of talent or ability it was always does he have the physical tools to succeed at this level well whatever he did in the offseason it worked because he is using all of his assets. He is going hard uh, to the front of the net. He's clearing space. He's fighting hard in corners. Uh, my biggest qualm with him right now is that he's throwing a lot of cross checks. Uh, and thankfully, they're not calling any. But They did last night, though. They called the first one on him that, that I remember. And I'm surprised yeah. because, yeah, he has been throwing a lot. He's been getting away with like three to four egregious ones a night. And with that said... He's headmanning the puck very well. He's uh, joining rushes. He's getting back when he gets caught up ice. Uh, I do think there is room for improvement on the decor as a whole uh, when it comes to the timing of pinches because it's been very questionable. And every defenseman uh, has been guilty of this, except maybe Chad or Weedle. Uh, <laughs> all of them have jumped up into the play when it's a 50-50 puck along the boards and not signaled for anybody to kind of assist. So there's been a lot of two-on-ones coming the other way that are easily avoidable if you just change your mentality. And that's really a coaching thing uh, at this point because they're told, go you know, go help keep zone time without, without the forwards having enough think, time to react. I think the reason we're seeing this is because of the lack of scoring. Yeah. They're trying to create and... When you're putting 40 shots on net and you can't buy right. one... You're like, well, heck, I mean, we're tilting the ice already. Just put another guy up. Right. Well, then it comes the other way. Your goalie hasn't seen a shot in five minutes, and now you're digging one out of the back of your net. So I understand wanting to be aggressive, but we have to temper that with some sense. I think if we can figure out our scoring issues, a lot of that will fix itself. It's it's just fascinating because over the last month, I've really enjoyed a lot of the things that they've done, uh, such as cycling the puck down low. We've become a heavy four-check team, right? We, we're we not the rush team that we were. Yeah, Jake Gensel scored a couple rush goals, but other than that, you know, the odd one here or there, I mean, the majority, the vast majority of our chances are coming off sustained ozone time. 
And that is where I do have faith for the rest of the season. And I think there's a lot of things to be down about right now, uh, especially with like a losing record. You know, we're above NHL 500, but realistically, we've lost more than we've won. The main thing to take away is our team as a whole is creating a ton of chances and quality chances at that. They just need to finish. <laughs> it, it really is that simple. Well, let's, this is a good opportunity, I think, to talk about Jake. And, you know, we, it's been so long since our last podcast that during our last podcast, we were kind of on Jake a little bit about the need to produce without Sidney Crosby. And we said how he kind of looked disinterested and this and that. And I think that same night he said, I need to do more. And since that day, he's been phenomenal. Lights out. He's on a 12-game point streak. You know, last night he had a hat trick and and a secondary assist, four-point night for him. You know, he just is getting goal after goal after goal. And he's the reason for so many of our wins lately. And I, th- I think that he just deserves credit because he's really brought it. And he has all of a sudden that, you know, shoot first mentality, which sometimes even he doesn't have if he's not feeling confident. And I think that has just helped and created and, you know, given the team extra drive that we didn't have. Definitely. I, I've been very impressed by some of the things I've seen out of him. There have been some back checks out of Jake Gensel that have saved sure goals. And I've seen a couple live. He didn't do that in really all that often in past seasons. Outside of the playoffs, you just didn't see that in regular season Jake Gensel. Uh, and I, I have to say that's a sign of maturity. It's, it's, a, it's a good thing to build off of. It's a, it's a habit that Crosby certainly helped with and, and some of the Penguins organization has helped assist with. But he is flying up and down the ice every shift. And yeah, he did look a little lethargic with Crosby out. And as soon as he got back in, man, it's been lights out. And yeah. they that line, that Gensel crosby Rodriguez line, I know it's hard to see Rodriguez up there, but you can't break that up the way they're producing right now. you got to wait for them to cool off before you, you split that up because it's the only thing going at this point offensively. Um, you got to try to play with the other parts that you have and, and tinker with it until you get something that works on another line uh, before you break up the one that is working. Uh, I, just just for context, um, in terms of expected goals for, uh, we should have 50 goals this season. Uh, we have far less than that. That would be good for fourth in, uh, in terms of expected goals, only behind Toronto, Florida, and Carolina. And when you look at uh, Corsi and Fenwick, you're looking at the same sorts of teams that are in and around us, right? Uh, you know, we're around like a Minnesota or uh, a Vegas. We're... we're a good team. We're not we're not as deserving of some of these losses as I think the problem isn't that we're losing, it's that we're losing in the division that we're in. You know, if we were in a different division, we'd be okay. But like right now we're sitting in a second wild card spot. Detroit's ahead of us, Boston's on our tail, you know, and we have Washington, the Rangers and Carolina all in the 1 2 3 metro spots and they're in them convincingly. Yeah. You know, we have significantly less points than all three of them. So catching up to them is going to be a challenge. Now you think most likely all three of those teams are probably going to go on a slide. It's natural. It's normal. You know, you have those January, February, March slides that people go on. But, you know, we have to start winning games. And by doing that, we had to start scoring goals. 
I have to say, the shootout is terrifying. Um, if we could win a shootout, if we had just won two more of those, then we're looking at a very different picture right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because 11 and you know 13 is a lot worse than 13 and 11, uh, especially when you're talking about how tight the Metro is. I think the Rangers will come back to earth a little bit. Uh, I think they will go through some woes. I know that they have a good team. They probably deserved a better fate last year. But I can't imagine them tearing up the league the, the way that they have been for this for the rest of the year. Well, the same with Carolina. I mean, they're already, you know, on a little bit of a slide. I think, like, the Senators just beat them in overtime the other night. And, you know, they're, I, they're in third now where, you know, they were very convincingly the number one team for, for a little while there. There's, a, there's another place where, and it's not Penguins related, but tangentially it kind of affects us, is uh, the Capitals, I, I thought were going to fall off, and I thought the Islanders were a lock. Well, yeah, I mean, who would have thought? Ovechkin's been fantastic this season. He is like a man on a mission, and I think that is infectious to his entire team. Yep. Uh, they they have looked really really good and then yeah I mean you can't I I don't even have words for what's going on with the Islanders I mean even Trout said you know this is easily the hardest coaching struggle I've ever had uh, I I think he can't even really figure out what's going on I I think there's always been an issue with that team in terms of without getting too far off track getting high octane offense from a couple of players yeah. And Barzil's amazing and fun to watch, but he's not like a gunner, right? He's not going to put up 50 goals. You can goals. only be only defensive for so many years before like the goals stop coming and you can't figure out how to win games. And and the tiredness definitely plays into You're it. You're going to lose games one to nothing, two to nothing. Like that's just how it's going to be when, when you play the type of hockey that they play. And we saw that in 2018 with the Pens. You just, after two long runs in a row, you feel really burnt. And yeah. Tampa's, Tampa's going to see it this year. Uh, you know, they've definitely had a – it's not nearly as much of a grind as it was for us because of the shortened seasons. Uh, and, and that's not to say that it was easy, but it certainly uh, – It was harder in different ways, I think. But there's just a lot less miles on them, right, because the season was shortened in both instances. So I, I it'll be interesting to see. However, you're already seeing it catch up to the Isles. I think it may catch up to them as well. So the East looks a little bit more open than it's been in a while. Um, you know, Boston's a good team, but they're not bulletproof. Toronto's a good team, but they have their own demons. So there's definitely opportunity there uh, for anybody to really bust through and, and make some noise come postseason. So that, that's why it's hard for me to get so down. But, man, we really have to start pulling it together. I, you know, if I was a coach, you know, the, the second through fourth lines would all be switched up. Um, I, th- I think Drew O'Connor needs to go back down. I think uh, Simone, I think, needs to probably ride Pine. I think we need some, some fresh blood in there. I think Teddy B needs to center the second line. The second line. Because I could see that. he has a little bit more scoring touch than we've seen in years past. And I, I really think that Jeff Carter is feeling his age at this point. And, I mean, I'm glad he's on our team, and I'm glad we've had him through this covid and sid debacle yeah it's it's been a crazy year already with with injuries and illness but you know i i just he's not a second line center not at this point in his career he's not and i think teddy could step into that role until malkin gets back but i i just think they're they're gonna leave 
Jeff Carter where he is. Yeah, I mean, he did admirably, especially the first month of the season. Uh, but I think the we need a we need a shuffle of the deck here. And I think, and this is going to sound weird, I think we bring up Sahorna. I think that could help. I mean, we've been saying to bring up Sahorna since, you know, the COVID list was a million miles long and Rodriguez was our number one C. Like, the fact that we never brought up Zahorna when Rodriguez was our only center, other than Teddy Bluger, was absolutely insane to me. But, you know, I think now it's we're kind of riding it out until Malkin can come back. The scary part about that is we don't know what version of Malkin we're going to get. Yeah, I think it's 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 highly concerning. They they say he looks super strong and he you know he's looking really good. But when and, when don't they say that right? Right, and also he just hasn't played a lot of hockey in the last couple of years. True. He's he's been out a lot. He's been injured a lot, and the hockey he has played has been a little sketchy because of his injuries that needed to be fixed with surgery. So, I think it'll be an upgrade, but over Carter, and I think that'll allow Carter to either go to. You know, a third line center role, or ideally a wing role. Um, not because he hasn't played center well, because I think he looked quite good, uh, but just just to try to get a new look uh, and really get some strength up the middle again. I, I just I, I like the idea of having a third line that is centered by a, a two way forward. So I I do like the idea of ideally when we have Crosby and Malkin back, Bluger being the three C. I think it makes the most sense. Uh, I just don't know where that leaves Carter. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that leaves Carter on on the second line with Malkin. That, that's what they tried to do next last year, and we didn't really get to see how it would have worked. But I think it might. It that might, might be the goal. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely nervous about that. I, it's it, gonna take an adjustment period, but the, the the issue with that is we we just don't have a lot of time to get these points. Yeah, I mean, but the overall concern was that without Crosby and Malkin with with all these players out due to COVID that we were not going to remain competitive and we've remained competitive we yeah. have so we've treaded water yes we would have loved to get a couple extra time victories and not have you know blood away points because Casey DeSmith was having off nights but all things considered they did about as well as could could have been expected uh, under the circumstances so now is the time to really Go get it. They got to start finding ways to score. And, and I think that starts with shuffling the deck, whether you got to bring up a player from the A, you got to just give players new looks uh, on their lines. And I think that'll go a long way. So looking forward, obviously we have Seattle tomorrow night. I think that could be a great opportunity for us to break out and score a lot of goals. They're they're not scoring a lot of goals right now themselves. And I think it, it's a, I just think it's a good opportunity for us. Then we have a couple of days off, which I think is much needed. Uh, it's, you know, we've we've had days off in between all these games, but being on a road trip is, I think, just strenuous. We play Washington on Friday, which is scary, but I think it's a good opportunity for us to... See where we are. Yeah, because, you know, last time we thought we were getting it together, and then we played Washington, and it was horrible. So, you know, we that, that whole weekend we lost to the Senators, we lost to Washington. It was just a really bad time. So I think this would be a good opportunity for us to, you know, show that we are still competitive. And then uh, that's Washington's a back-to-back on uh, Saturday with Anaheim. So they're, they're performing pretty well right now. So that's also going to be another test. But I, we have the back, what is it, Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. right? So then we got to play to Smith. Yeah, and, and for me, you play to Smith in the Anaheim game, I think – I think you need Tristan in 
in that Washington game. That's always the risk, though, right? Do you just, as a coach, do you just say... No, you don't. That's a loser's mentality. It it kind of is, but you just wonder. It, because then you could leave all four points on the table instead of just two. The good thing is next week, after you know we get through these tough couple of games with Washington and Anaheim... We do have uh, Montreal and Buffalo, so those should be four easy points. Obviously, that's not ever how it actually works out, but <laughs> hopefully, you know, we we go into those games a little better prepared, and we we could you know get get some points that are much needed. Yeah, I think we're still right in the mix of things. It's just it's time to start winning. Right. Uh, there's there's no more excuses at this point. There's less grace. So especially in the interdivision games, intra-division games. So against Washington, that's going to be key. Yeah. All right, so that's all from us for this week. We, I think, will be back in two weeks. Things are just crazy with the holidays now. Um, but we should be back in two weeks with another episode, and we will probably discuss how all these games have played out and I think we may also be having a ticket giveaway in the next couple of weeks, depending. So just watch our Twitter for that in case that does happen. And I think that's everything this week. Thanks for continuing to listen. Uh, apologies for being sporadic, but we enjoy doing this. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, go Pens. Bye. Bye.